Welcome to Traumatize Me, Captain. Uh, my name is Rachel Afjay. My name is Richie Afjay. We're happy to be here today. Um, I also would like to say I apologize for last episode. <laughs> There's about a minute of silence oh, yeah. <laughs> before the episode started. And it was because I was doing this new method with editing and it required me to like separate the audio files instead of having it mixed into one. And so the music, there just was like a lapse in my editing where I was like, oh, music plays at the beginning. We're good to go. And then there was like a whole minute of absence. I didn't like check the transition from music to talking. Mm. So both on YouTube and all podcast streaming platforms, there's about a minute of silence. So thank you to everyone who endured that, skipped through it and listened to our last episode. Uh, it was a, a moment of silence for our veterans. Cause yeah, yeah, it was for the veterans. Because um, <laughs> it was Veterans Day, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why. Yeah, I did it. On, I did it on purpose. <laughs> uh, I think last episode was our best episode yet. I felt really good about it. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I felt it was the um, the biggest display of me being stupid. E- for sure. Exactly that. Yeah, so... That's what we're looking for. Yeah. That's what the people want. stupidy whoop de doo Exactly. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, what is... What's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is uh, friends who will let you vent about what's going on. Um, I uh, Sometimes you just need to talk about... like. You're my best friend, and you're who I vent to for most everything. Yeah, but sometimes you need someone else. Exactly. Like, sometimes yeah. you need someone outside of your shit. Yeah. Like, they're they're willing to go with you on shit, but, you know, they're also, they don't have to be there, and they will let you vent if you want. Um, so, I just did a lot of that today. <laughs> so, shout out to Georgette. Um, Sweet angels. Bonus points uh, if they're weird, because... Queer people are, like, the best listeners, I think. I agree. <coughs> I agree. Also, they let us borrow their truck. Yeah. J- Jayla called me, and we talked on the phone for, like, half an hour, and I miss her so much. <laughs> she's been so busy, and so have I. We just have, like, we've been ships passing in the night. Uh, so, uh, we are way cheese stands here. Yeah, we, for sure. We, I ship them. I think they're going to get married. <laughs> I really think it's going to last forever. <laughs> It's funny because they're already married. Oh, shit. <laughs> but they're... Oh, oh it's allowed. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That is... That's that's fantastic. I'm glad you had that. Uh, you also, like, you had the dump run duty this morning, which is not a fun job, but you did get to do it by yourself, mm-hmm. which is great. Right? Yeah. And pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, pro was... It was uh, a lot of time to myself. Yeah, on. it was a lot to do by myself. <laughs> yeah, also that, also that. But it's every every dad I know, like not my own, but all my friends who are dads, they love the dump. They love the dump, and I think it's because now that I'm thinking about it, probably the exact same reason you had a good time this morning because no one talks to you. <laughs> you can just go. You don't have to be responsible for anything, and I love it because it makes all the junk disappear. Yeah. Except for the fact that I had to pay twenty extra dollars because the first trip, I couldn't, nest, I couldn't, quote unquote, prove that I live here, which was dumb. 
Yeah. We live and we learn, though. Yeah. We live and we learn. Well, that's lovely. Mike, Mike, do, you, do you have a, oh, what was that? Sorry, you have a question for me? <laughs> What's your good thing? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I have a couple good things. Um, the first good thing is we are all done with the court garbage. Yeah. We finished all of the court paperwork to become legal guardians of the sweet angel that we took in. Um, and I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen. We had a hearing on Wednesday and I got there and I was like, we have all the papers, everything is done. And the judge commissioner guy, he was like, here's the thing. On three of these forms, you forgot a blank. And I can't just fill it in because I have to have the person who did the thing. They had to sign it and confirm that it was true because there was no proof. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. It's convoluted. You don't have to understand it. There was one little thing missing. I had to drive all the way back to work on my day off to get the person who helped me with it to sign the papers and I was livid. I was so stressed because we would have had to come back December 22nd to finish it because I forgot three blanks. Um, And so we were able to get it taken care of. We went back and I begged the judge with my puppy dog eyes, please, will you look at it? I got that. I was like crying in the courtroom. I was, uh, it was embarrassing. Um, But, but he looked it over, he signed it and we're all done. A couple of things. Yeah. One, it's commissioner, not a judge. It, it's like the it's like the RN of judges. And two, you did not cry. You bossed up like the bad bitch that you are. I did cry. You were on the verge of tears, but like. And I asked. I said, and I have a question about insurance. <laughs> well, I'm like <laughs> crying. <laughs> it was like frust- It was like one of those frustrated cries. Yeah. Where like I am so mad right now at myself. But we went back and forth, and we got it done. We got it done. So I don't have to take any more time off to go to court. I don't have to fill out any more stupid court papers. Oh, my God. It was the worst. It was so confusing. Don't worry about serving people. No, don't have to serve anyone unless you fucking cross me. (laughs) Then I'll serve you. Sorry. Unless you, uh, uh, we don't have a bleep anymore. Oh, why not? I don't know. For some reason, the, like, sounds changed. Hmm. So now we have this wrong answer sound. Instead of a bleep. <laughs> and there was a right answer one, but I replaced it with our intro song. Got it. Um, so my good thing is that. And then I also went to the doctor on Friday for my wrist. Um, if you don't know, I fractured my wrist in June and had to have surgery. Mm-hmm. And they put a plate and like nine screws in that son of a bitch. Uh, and I went to the orthopedic doctor for the last time. It literally was 90 seconds. He was like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, they told me I had to be. Um, but I am all cleared and you know, released. They're, they're making a movie about your story with that. It's called Risty Business. <laughs> I <laughs> can't wait <laughs> to get my check. <laughs> so, yeah, my other good thing is I'm done with doctor stuff. I'm done with court stuff. And that has taken up so much of my mental capacity over the last, like, four months. And it's all, it all ended in the same week. Yeah. So it's a, it's a blessing. I feel, I feel like I have so much mental space. Mm-hmm. I can clean again all of a mm-hmm. sudden because I'm not worried about printing and copying and stapling. Yeah. Um, I think uh, something that came with that, the minute we were done, like everything is finalized, uh, Tori just got very 
talkative and (laughs) skibbity toilet. Skibbity toilet is like the bane (laughs) of my existence. (laughs) It started with one of my fifth graders. I still, to be honest, I'm not completely clear what it means. Okay? I'm just hoping it's not a slur. But he's, we're in the middle of class and he sits in the middle of the room and he just goes, skibbity toilet, skibbity toilet, skibbity toilet, nonstop. Tori found out, Tori won't stop saying skibbity toilet. I'm half expecting her to pop out of her bedroom right now and go, skibbity toilet. She she bribes me too. She's like, if you buy me McDonald's, I'll stop saying skibbity toilet. Yeah, it's, uh, <sighs> gotta figure that out. Yeah. Well, she's ours forever now. Yeah. Actually, the, the letters expire on um, August 24th, 2033. 33? That's, so her 18th ten years? Bir- that's her 18th birthday. Okay. Yeah. So we have 10 years of, of uh, and really it's more than that. It's not just 10 years. 10 years of tenure. 10 years of tenure. So I'm happy that that's over. It's a, a huge weight off of my chest. It was it was not my favorite to, to navigate, but it, it was something I just had to do. Yeah, you already had a significant weight on your chest. Okay. And episode number four, where my titties become a topic of conversation. <laughs> I got a new bra on TikTok shop. Yeah. That It's so soft. And it, it, I, it was like small, medium, or large, extra large. And I'm like... Extra, extra large, if you know what I mean. Mm. And so I got the large, extra large, and I got it, and it's like this big. And I'm like, There's, that's not going to fit me. But, you know, you always got to try. Mm-hmm. So I tried it on, and oh, like a glove. It was so soft. It is so soft. I went back and bought more. I'm obsessed. Sometimes sometimes influencers aren't lying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if it's like a glove, so there's five slots. How many titties you got, babe? I, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> last last week you were kind of on fire with the jokes. This week, you just asked me how many fingers my titties have. <laughs> Which you said your bra fit like a glove. That's a valid question. You know what that means. <laughs> it's not a valid question. <laughs> Don't gaslight me. <laughs> you fucking monster. Um, what are we talking about today? Uh, was it? Oh, different kinds of trauma, right? Different kinds of trauma. Misunderstandings about trauma, too. Mm. Found this wonderful um, article from a psychotherapist, uh, and I will be quoting them. And I am not a therapist. I am, I do have a master's degree. I am educated. I do have some right to say some things on some things, mostly teaching, but other things too. I have a master's degree. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not a. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a college dropout, um, so I'm even less qualified. Uh, but I have experienced trauma. So. There we go. You got you got that street data. That's what they call it in teaching. Street data. Mm. It's like uh, it's like things that you can't quantify, things that you can't like put into a study. Mm. It's like your experience every day. Like what is it like? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Anyways, so... Like field research. Yeah, but it's, like, less formal than that, too. It's, like... Like, it is a little bit formal, but it's, like... Um, my boss is going to be so disappointed in how terribly I'm explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like... It's, like... Uh, you just don't wear a tux. Y- what? Because it's less formal. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I want out. I want out. <laughs> um... Yeah, but it's it's like the things that you can't study in like a qualitative or quantitative like research study. 
things that are unstudiable. It's like, um, what's, what's the best way I can describe it? It's like, what's it like? Mm. So street data, walk through the school for a day. What do you notice? What do you see? Mm. Street data, boom. Um, okay, we're talking about trauma. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know this, but um, a lot of the time people misunderstand what trauma is. They think that trauma has to be like going to war or like witnessing someone die or like it has to be this like big thing. But the reality is lots of small things can give our brain psychologically like the same response as something much more quote unquote traumatic can. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, That's definitely what uh, I thought it was Um, like. Trauma is a series of events instead of <clears throat> like a, I don't know. Well, what you just said, um, I don't really have anything to add to it until we get into it more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a podcast though, so you can just say whatever. This is your podcast. Um, but most, most people have experienced some form of trauma. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Hot take. Most people have experienced it in some form. Um, and I didn't realize... Like, even over the pandemic, I went to therapy on Zoom, and my therapist was like, how was your childhood? Like, how was your relationship with your mother? And I was like, well, you know, it's not perfect, but it wasn't, like, traumatic or anything. The more I'm thinking back and the more I'm learning about trauma, the more I'm learning about, like, through the lens of being a parent, too, especially, I'm like, oh, (laughs) there were some things that were, like, not cool. Yeah. So, um, that's that's a fun thing to to kind of tackle and navigate because even for me like someone who's educated and has an understanding of trauma trauma responses and trauma-informed teaching and all that stuff um looking back on myself i still find experiences that i saw normally i thought they were normal um and i'm realizing they were not normal (laughs) yeah what do you think about like uh secondhand trauma too because like some stuff didn't like i guess directly happen to me Mm -hmm. as a kid but like i was there and witnessed shit oh yeah that absolutely counts. Okay. There's also like generational trauma. There's like trauma that that our brains and bodies feel and experience that are like from our ancestors and like the people who came before us, things that we didn't even experience, but we're still feeling the aftershocks of, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Especially if you're a melanated person in America. Exactly that. I, <coughs> that's, that's what I was alluding to. Um, but thank you for calling it out. Well, yeah, I figured I'd just directly say it. Yes, that's right. So you didn't have to be the one to say it. <laughs> it's part of it's part of courageous conversations. You isolate race. <laughs> <laughs> you explicitly say what it is. Um, so a traumatic event is, um, oh, according to this website, an upsetting or stressful event or set of circumstances that leads us to feel unsafe, afraid, helpless, overwhelmed, isolated, or lacking control over what's happening. Our nervous system can get overwhelmed which is a normal response to an abnormal circumstance. Um, and so that's that's pretty broad. Mm-hmm. So things like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm uh, drinking a Heidelberg here, Tacoma, Tacoma grown. Um, shout out to Breaking Bad. Shout out, to, no, <laughs> shout out to Seven Seas, <laughs> my favorite brewery. If you're ever looking for me on a, um, on a weekend, if I'm not doing a show or recording a podcast or hanging out with my family, I'm probably there. Heidelberg's the beard the beer that knocks. <laughs> the beer that fucks. <laughs> okay. 
No, I get it. I get it. What you're you're making a Breaking Bad joke, and I just was mm-hmm. being macho man, <laughs> Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, so the it, this article starts with like examples you'd expect to be trauma, things like a car accident, a terrorist attack. That's that's mm-hmm. extreme. Yeah, but it, it happens. War, a natural disaster, a sexual assault or other violent crime, or the death of a loved one. We got some of those. We sure do. I got I got a two for one on one of these. Yeah, I got a few car accidents. Um, mm-hmm. People uh, take a look at me and think I'm a terrorist. So yeah, we were alive for nine eleven. Yeah. So we kind of experienced that. Mm-hmm. Natural disaster. I had a mudslide in my pants last night. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard it was pretty devastating. <laughs> you could see the the impacts of it all over the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> don't dig through the garbage. You'll find his shitty pants. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you blushing? Took a preemptive dump run. Um, hey. Uh, sexual assault. I got that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, Do you? What a what a wild place to bring that up <laughs> on the podcast. Anything you haven't told me yet, babe? Is there anything you wanna you wanna air out? Uh no, I've never been sexually assaulted. Good. Good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, like boys' locker rooms are on the borderline all the time. But Yeah. Yeah. Just with the, the butt smacks and the and the touch butt and all that, but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's I could you could still say that sexual harassment. Um, yeah, Tiana Thomas is calling me. What friend of the podcast? Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Tiana Thomas, what's up? Hey, uh, yeah, get her lunchable. Get her uh, lunchable. Get her a. She's talking about groceries right now. Does she like ham or the turkey one? She like. <laughs> She likes ham. Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, we're recording the podcast right now. Okay. Okay. Sounds divine. I mean, I mm-hmm. love the child. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love the child, but who mm-hmm. sleepover? Oh, yeah. Break? I know. All right. I'll let her know when we're done recording. All right. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay. Well, that's nice. I love that. I love just a breakthrough um, sleepover coming in. What were we talking about? Uh, Lunchables. Lunch- <laughs> <laughs> we What's your favorite Lunchable? <laughs> we were talking about. What Lunchable has caused you trauma? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to know? The chicken nugget. What is that? The chicken nugget lunchable. You're gonna give me a cold chicken nugget, and call it lunch. <laughs> I uh. Disrespectful. I don't remember if this was someone that I was friend, but one time I saw a kid. Uh, he had a pizza lunchable, and instead of putting the sauce on the pizza, he just like housed it like it was a yogurt pouch or something. Dang. Yeah. It's like deconstructed pizza. Like, what are you doing? That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um anyway. Also, maybe I just made that up. I don't I don't know. 
it, my childhood's kind of a blur. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, sorry for the heavy breathing noises, y'all. Mine is a blur as well, but that's because of trauma I've learned. <laughs> There's not a lot I remember. Yeah. There's not a lot I remember. One of my students the other day was like, "You know, isn't it weird how one day you're just four and you're just like, you remember now. You're just a, you're just a person. <laughs> All of a sudden you're aware of what's going on. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's real though. That's when you come out of the trance and you're like, huh, I remember yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's wild. What uh? What's your first memory um earliest i really kind of have to dig deep i have a memory i'm not sure if it's my first but i i had to be like a third grader no maybe like a first grader or something um but we were at an old house that that i barely remember living in um and uh my sister and my brother and i were in the front yard having a picnic and it was on 72nd Street. So it's some pretty big trucks and stuff drive by. And we saw someone, you know how people like move their house? They like put their house on a truck and they like move it. Yeah. So we saw one of them drive by like a freaking parade. There was in my memory. I don't know if this is real. It's probably real. I, <laughs> I feel insane. But like there was like a clown standing on the front porch, like waving as they were driving by. Whoa. Um, that part, I'm my childhood brain might have made up, but. Was it a house of mirrors? Oh. Maybe it was like something circus related. Oh. Who knows? But that's my first memory. Mm. And then I remember we we dug a hole to China in the backyard. <laughs> uh, there was a lady next door who would give us apples over the fence. Mm. Um, Did you just growl? I burped. Okay. That was like a tiger chuck. Oh. Shut up. Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> What's your earliest memory? Um, I think my third birthday party was at a, a Burger King that had like the playground obstacle course kind of deal. And my dad would, my dad was standing in there and there were like these, not like boxing heavy bags, but kind of in that realm. And Mm -hmm. like, as I was running through, my dad would like chuck those at my face and it was a fun time. Fun. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. How delightful. Yeah. And then she started getting wacky when uh, my sister started to grow up and and cause them problems, and then craziness ensued. Yeah. Anyway. My sister did that, too. <laughs> and so did my brother. Mm-hmm. And so did my other brother. And me. Little me. I was perfect. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, back to trauma. <laughs> um, this this article also lists some examples you might not expect in adulthood for um, things that, that actually do qualify as trauma. Let's hear. Em. You want to hear? Yeah. Struggling financially. Oh yeah, that's a. What? Who would have thunk? Until uh, recently. Yeah. I mean, I always did. Until I started teaching, I always struggled financially, and it changes your brain. Mm-hmm. It changes the like you walk in the store. I don't automatically reach for the name brand of things. Like I'm looking for the off brand mm-hmm. to save forty five cents. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. So I, but I still catch myself like reaching for the off brand. Yeah, I uh, I still do that <coughs> in Costco when the like when it says compared to whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, if it's comparable, let's get that. Yeah, this is way cheaper. Exactly. Shout out to Kirkland Signature. And like every, I still get the like stomach drop every time I swipe my card. I'm like, even when I know there's money in there. Yeah. Do you get that too? Yeah. 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 
it's a, uh, it's wild to think like my wife has a salary. Why am I worrying about this? Yeah, <laughs> also salary doesn't mean automatically that it's a good salary. But for as far as teachers go across the country, my salary is pretty good for mm-hmm. a teacher. Um, feeling behind at work can feel traumatic. Mm-hmm. I know that that turns me into a goblin when I know that, especially at my job, because my job is so hard because I have these like clerical paperwork things I have to do. And I also have 25 10 year olds in my face all day long. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty good at being independent, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta watch those little buggers, you know? (laughs) And so I can, I can have them do independent work to a certain extent to get these emails done and to get these report card comments done and to get this stuff done. But I also am like, I should be pulling a small group during this time. I should be like focusing on this kid who doesn't know how to read yet. And this kid who needs help with multiplication. And so there's never a time where I can like sit and get caught up on the clerical side of my job without either working outside of contract time or feeling immense guilt for not um, like serving a student directly in that moment. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. And that's like moral pressure teachers have that, that not every job has. Mm. Like teachers feel guilty taking a day off or, or going on a vacation during the school year or, or things like that, that any other job you wouldn't feel any guilt about. But it's well, because our job is important. It's an important job. And that's my favorite part about it. But it's also my least favorite part about it. I will say, I think that like even if it's not a quote unquote important job, I feel like people do still feel that. Like I felt like people feel that at warehouse jobs just because the way society is with capitalism and stuff yeah that's true just because we're conditioned to to think of the bottom line for the company Mm -hmm. before ourselves yeah and our lives that we have outside of work um the next one is fearing you might lose your job (laughs) i felt a lot before i got fired so it came to fruition um yeah yeah and i think too like when i say uh you know, in, in most other jobs, you wouldn't have to stress about these. I, I know that, like, you do. Uh, but there's, like, this, like, sense of shame mm-hmm. for teachers. Like, if you take time off, it's like, yeah, you know. And also, like, in, in similarly educated jobs, like, other jobs where you need a master's degree, people would just, like, they're just, they just, you know, they have so much cushiness that teachers don't necessarily get. Yeah. Um, and And jobs like warehouse jobs, service industry jobs, those are even worse because you'll be sick. You'll be vomiting. You'll be, I remember one time I had diarrhea when I worked at Domino's and I couldn't come in and my boss was like, you're lying. (laughs) And I was like, do I need to send you a picture of my shitty toilet for you to believe me? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. Like, and I think the, the manager, the, the way that attitude was like, I think that's a product of like, pressure from higher up and like shit rolls downhill so it's a product of ceos being being greedy and uh and not nice um and thinking of us bottom people as just numbers on the bottom line instead of people who get diarrhea sometimes you know exactly exactly yeah like we are human beings before we are workers Anyways, I'm getting Bernie Sanders over here, yeah. but <laughs> like, but like, you work at Domino's, like you're making people diarrhea. So why Literally. is it so unbelievable that 
you yourself have diarrhea and can't come into work. Exactly. And also, I get no breaks to eat. So what do I eat? I eat the pizza that was left behind that's been sitting under the warmer for four hours. Of course I have diarrhea. <laughs> of course I have diarrhea. <laughs> what the fuck? I spend all day making marinara sauce out of plastic bags. Yeah, I'm going to get diarrhea sometimes. That's the clip right there. That's the clip right there. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, <sighs> you know what uh, the DJ's favorite sauce is? Tell me. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> other things that could help. <laughs> we're moving on. We're just going to keep, we're going to move right on past that. Wrong answer. Um. Other things that could count as trauma, experiencing a panic attack. What? What's that like? No way. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a, I have been having panic attacks just making dinner lately. And yeah. we, I think we figured it out. It's just PST, PTSD from being a fucking line cook where everything mm-hmm. had to be perfectly timed. Everything had to come out at the same time, like drop the pasta so I can put this garlic bread in the toaster for a second and then it all comes out at the same time and table seven still waiting on that pizza and table seven can suck it okay (laughs) table seven can suck it but like i still had that internalized when i'm making dinner for my family who doesn't give a shit about the timing like as long as the food gets on the plate and we're like before the sun rises yeah yeah. um like yeah we're we're hungry but like yeah but i i still had that like servers yelling at me from the yeah. opposites not and don't they didn't they never really yelled at me but there was a pressure of of everything getting out at a certain way and certain yeah. time and um and rushes were the just the epitome of that and like you don't have time to think yeah let alone decompress and <clears throat> food service is brutal man yeah. I have so much respect for people who, who work in that industry and I worked in that industry for like 10 years so like I know yeah I didn't even spend that long of a time in in it but oh boy it's it's toxic yeah. <laughs> it's straight up toxic uh, well and, and I've had panic attacks since before the pandemic they started for me um, and they would I would have them at work like, I would mm-hmm. just be at work trying to get through a math lesson, and all of a sudden, nothing happened. No trigger. My heart feels like it's beating out of my chest. I can't get a deep breath. I, like, feel like I'm about to pass out. And I don't have, like, the crying, screaming, panic attacks. I don't have the, like, I, like, I'm, like, I feel like I'm dying. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very internalized for me. Um, and that was the point where I, I remember talking to my school counselor, who I miss so much because she went to a different school. She's going into admin. But I, we were in the workroom, and she was, like, are you okay? And I was, like, I am not okay. Like, I am, like, having a panic attack every day for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I would have to, like, there were times I had to go lay in the bed because I felt like my heart was going to, like, explode. And um, I got on medication. That's the point where I was, like, I need to get on medication because at this point it's, like, spiraling out of control to where there's not even a trigger anymore. I'm just, like, surviving in fight or flight because I've I've been through so much that that was the point where I was, like, I need medication. And since being on medication, my panic attacks are severely reduced and I have medication to take should one arise, which I feel like makes me have less panic attacks in the first place just because I know I have an out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't feel like I'm going to get stuck in one. Yeah. 
Um, the next thing is actually losing your job. <laughs> Can gang, feel gang. traumatic. <laughs> How did it feel for you when you lost your job? Uh, yeah, like there was a sense of worry and uh, <clears throat> not quite panic, but there was also kind of a sense of relief because yeah. I hated that job. Like it got to a point where just like I, I, before it got to this point, like I was at an okay place. Like I didn't wake up like feeling like I'm doing my divine purpose going to that job. Yeah. But I never like really dreaded it. Mm-hmm. But it did get to a point where I was like, I'm not dreading it is in a sense of fear, but just fuck, I don't like this place. Yeah. <laughs> like leadership was not good. Like just not following through on on helping us out, do our jobs better, no matter how good your ideas were. And then you just have to like white knuckle it, grin and bear it because it's a warehouse job and you're so replaceable. Yeah. Um, well, and it's wild because you dedicated years to that warehouse and and it was icy and you were late one day and they just they canned you it was crazy yeah and now we flip them off and boo every time we drive by (laughs) 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 the kid too we let her do it we're we're cool parents (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i still have some friends that still work there but yeah well i remember after it happened you had this like at first you were like whatever i don't care and then I, i just remember like you started to kind of internalize it and then you started to kind of be like, well, I'm a piece of shit cause I got fired, you know? And I just remembered like you starting to go through that spiral after and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't think the spiral was from, from getting fired in and of itself, but just the fact that like I couldn't immediately get into another job and, Still, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I did. I mean, you technically, did. after that, I was only unemployed for two days before I got the next one. But after that, too. But that job sucked. And yeah. It, it that that was an example of just the job not being a good fit. Yeah. Like working graveyards, and it just was not. It was and not. It the was part time. Yeah. It was part. It was part time. Graveyard. That's garbage. It was ruining your life and giving you no money. Yeah. And like. They and they fired me because, because <laughs> I had to call out because we were in, we were out of town making more money doing comedy than I would have made if I would have showed up for that shift. So yeah, um, like significantly more. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the long run, whatever it's it is what it is. Um, this list is this list is is immense. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that much. Um, there's no way we're gonna get through all of these, but. We yeah, can, we can we can circle back and come back to it. And yeah, sure. What uh, what do we want to get to now? Um, do you want to talk about another category of um, unexpected traumas, or do you want to to move on to our uh, segments? How much time do we have? We got about twenty five minutes. Okay, uh, we can do one more uh, category. Yeah, that's um, the word. All right, what do you want to do? Do you want to do uh, school or parenting? Um, I think. <laughs> parenting might be more relevant for us okay um this podcast is a learning experience for for me too as far as the topics we talk about and just the fact of just the process of doing podcasts and putting them out yeah 
that's so. it's it's a learning experience and also i've been thinking about how like it's got to be bad before it's good and not to say that it's been bad i think we've like done a decent job figuring things out but it's just gonna mm. get better as we go yeah it's gonna get better as we go and thank you for being on the the ground floor everyone who's watching and listening <laughs> that's why i love you yeah um so it talked about relational trauma complex trauma um as far as like parenting and also like through the lens of like experiencing parenthood as someone who was parented. So like parenting makes you kind of reflect on the relationship you had with your parents. Yeah. Would be the way a normal person would say that sentence. <laughs> yeah. And there, I think there's always a, an aspect of I'm going to do better than my parents did with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I think about that all the time. Yeah. And like, that's, that's not necessarily a bad mindset to have, but like we're all just doing our best. I don't think, yeah, I mean, there are some cases where some people are actively trying to not do their best yeah. as parents, but hundred percent. Generally, I don't think anyone's going out of their way to be like, "I'm gonna fuck this kid up." <laughs> you know? Well, and I've been thinking too, like with Tori, I'm like, there are things she says too, like when I have kids, they're never gonna blah blah blah, and I'll never blah 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 blah. And I'm like, there's she's gonna do the same thing with me. Like she's gonna be like, I'm not gonna do what she did. I'm gonna do different things. Mm-hmm. My kid will never hear a bad word on the song. It's like t- it's like things like that. Instead of like, yeah. my kid won't get screamed at in the hall. He called a bitch at school by their mother. You know, yeah, things like that. Um, so even it says here, even loving parents can unintentionally provide inadequate attunement um, when they're anxious, depressed, distracted, not feeling well, overwhelmed, or uncomfortable with emotional or whatever. Confused by what the kid is feeling. Emotional or physical intimacy. <laughs> I, I don't understand what physical intimacy has that. Uncomfortable with emotional or physical intimacy. So if the parent like doesn't want to hug their kid. Yeah. Well, grow up. Sorry. Well, <laughs> also, if the kid doesn't want to hug their parent. That's true. That's true. Um, unfamiliar with how to cope with their own emotions because they were never taught. That can, that can uh, make yeah. it hard to be a parent when you can't, and a teacher too, when you can't regulate yourself. Yeah. You cannot be around unregulated children. And one thing about children, let me tell you, they are not regulated. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, they are not regulated. <laughs> They're out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I love them so much. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a good stuff here, though. But I, I, I agree that um, when you as a teacher, as a parent, and I already knew this from teaching, but like when you are not in your best mindset when your your cup is empty or when you're not in a space where you're you're taking care of you cannot be a good parent teacher role model whatever for another person yeah and uh <clears throat> that's something that i've been i've been uh working on for myself because like i'm always trying to trying to be there yeah but like Literally everyone in that house, including the dogs, know when I'm off. And, like, I can still, like, physically be there. But, like, if I'm suffering from a from a random panic attack or just <clears throat> things aren't going exactly how I expected them to, mm-hmm. um, like, I can, I sometimes internalize it and then, uh, like feel like i just emit this aura of everyone's having a bad time now 
<laughs> I, uh, yeah, it makes me on edge when you're off. Like, and I know that I have to like, and I've, I think I've gotten better at that over time of like letting that go and letting you have your moment and then allowing you to come back when you're ready. And that sounds like I'm kicking you to a hotel for the night. I mean, like, I'm going to give you some physical space. Like, I'm going to go in the next room. I'm going to let you feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're, when you're ready, we'll get back at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think part of it is, uh, I want to, I, I want to be able to like raise a child that's emotionally resilient, but I'm still working on my emotional resilience too. Yeah. So it's like trying to do both of those things at the same time. It's like trying to learn decimals while you teach it to the fifth graders. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when I'm trying to do both of those things at the same time, I feel like I'm failing at both of them. And then yeah. it just kind of goes and goes and goes in a cycle like that in my brain. I think that's pretty, um, pretty relatable. Yeah. So, um, shall we move on? Doing to segments next now? To our segments? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good good time left over for segments. Um, for me, I would like to com- I'd like to motion to combine the hot gossip and who hurt you. Okay. Sure. Segments for today. Okay. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have questions about this person, but they're also my hot gossip. Uh, so we posted a clip on our oh. Instagram page, yeah. <laughs> and in the clip, it was like. A little bit out of context, um, but it was when, in the last episode, I was talking about the the experience of, of comedy for women because someone had said that it's easier for women, and I, I rebuttaled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I posted a clip. It's not totally in context. Like, I went back and listened to everything I said, and I don't feel like that clip accurately, like, captured everything I was saying. But it's a clip, so it never will. Yeah. Um, and so some people interpreted it differently than I anticipated they would. And it, it, it attracted some real shithead people to the comments. <laughs> yeah. So there is uh, two, two different guys. One guy was like, maybe you're just not funny. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't even talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another guy just had a field day just fighting with everybody in the comments. Yeah. Being a sexist monster. Just loudly wrong. Loud and wrong. And also, like, admitting... He's not a comedian. Admitting he's ignorant to like what the industry is like. Yeah. Like criticizing me for talking about the industry while he has no understanding of the industry. He interpreted it as like that clip was me doing comedy. Yeah. That clip was not me doing comedy. That clip was me talking about comedy. Yeah. And his his whole argument was I've been I've been watching comedy since I was 8 and now I'm 25, so I know everything about comedy like no, that's not how that works. Yeah, and he had some weird, like, alpha male shit to say, like, uh, you know, like, men are inherently funnier than women because we're socialized to be funny to attract a mate, and, yeah. like, it's a historical job for men, uh, like, the court jesters or something. Yeah, yeah fucking real cool, dude. So cool. Yeah. And, uh... Like, and bold words coming from a dude whose beard doesn't still doesn't give him a jawline. (laughs) And also like his account was private. He publishes nothing. He just was like talking shit. Um, And he claimed responsibility for exes being funny now. Like what? (sighs) The way I wanted to reach through my phone and punch (laughs) him in the nuts. But I couldn't. Um, 
But I just, I want to clarify. I also got some feedback from other people that was positive. Like uh, uh, some other people were, you know, asking me to expand and, um, and talk a little bit more about the boy party. And mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't all negative feedback. It was just two really loud, annoying guys. And we all had a little bit of fun kind of poking them in the comments. And then we moved on. Um, but I do want to clarify just to be aggressively clear, when I talk about the industry being difficult for women, I am not saying that I'm not working because I am working. I'm getting booked. I'm doing I'm doing more shows than I honestly should be doing, considering I also have a full time job and I'm a new parent and I have this podcast I'm doing. And <laughs> it's like I don't have two seconds to rub together at the moment, um, but I'm doing all these things that I love. So I'm not saying that I am not booked. I have gotten amazing opportunities. I am booked frequently and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, it's not easy for women. And for that reason, there's not a lot of us in the industry. Yeah. And like, the way that it's not easy for women is completely different to the way it's not easy for for men. Like, like, because it's not easy for anyone. Exactly. And we both, you said that repeatedly. (laughs) Sure did. (laughs) um, But... Like the way that it's hard for men is just because it's it's entertainment. Like entertainment in general is hard to break through in, let alone thrive in. Um, and and on top of that, women have to deal with thinking about their safety. Like, yeah, I literally made a list. Like <laughs> things that are normal in comedy that men can f- deal with much easier than women: dark parking lots, traveling alone, yeah, predatory bookers. The cost of bringing someone with you if you are traveling and you don't want to go alone, the cost of like paying for someone's hotel, food, mm-hmm. all that stuff, it's so expensive. Uh, dark parking lots. You're in bars. Your office is the bar. A, a normal woman walking into a bar is already on edge. Mm-hmm. You're walking into a bar for work by yourself. It's just fucking terrifying. <laughs> And so I'm grateful that I have you. You're my like bodyguard. But there still have been moments in comedy where you've been there with me and somebody has crossed a boundary. Mm-hmm. Like you're with me and someone is still, they won't stop touching me. Yeah. You know? There was one time someone, I bent over as part of one of my bits um, and someone walked up to the stage and tried to shove money down my pants. Yeah. It's not that kind of show, you dipshit. Yeah. Like there are reasons that it drives women out. And and the women are not given the, the safety to really refine their craft. Because, like, being a comedian is not just being the funny guy at the barbecue or, like, making your bartender laugh or, you or know. Trying to you, attract a mate. Trying to attract a mate. That's <laughs> not what being a comedian is. <laughs> being a comedian is an art form. It's a craft. And you have to learn it. You have to study it. You have to experiment and, and find your spot and find your voice. And you can't do that if you're constantly worried about your safety. Yeah. So... A lot of women quit because it's not a safe environment. And also, the men in there can be really shitty, too. Like, the, the male comedians can be real just dickwads. So, <laughs> felt good to get off that, that off my chest. Um, and and the, the hardest part, too, is women are, female comedians are working under these conditions, like drunk people, bars, dark parking lots, traveling by themselves. And if along the way, you are to get assaulted. If you say something about it, you are shunned. You are kicked out of spots. You're called a, a shit starter, a drama trudge upper. Like, you're like completely, 
Like you can't even say anything about it if it happens. Yeah. So even if you boss bitch it up and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. God forbid something happens. I've seen it. Ha- I've seen it happen so many times. Something happens. The woman speaks up and then all the bros like stick up for their boy. And then that woman is no longer allowed to perform. Yeah. And is like called dramatic and toxic and whatever. <sighs> yeah. So like, no, it's not a welcoming space for women. <laughs> And that's not breaking news. Um, and another thing I want to clarify is I'm not, because uh, there were other people too who are very supportive. They're like, I love that you're a comedian. You're so funny. But like, it doesn't matter if you're a male or wo- or female. You just got to vote. You just got to hire someone funny. And yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. If you're booking a show, book someone funny. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and perhaps you could make one of those a funny woman. Don't book a woman just to book a woman. Yeah. Like if she's not funny, if she's not ready for the spot, don't give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not willing to take a gamble on her like you would your homie, don't do it. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty. There are there are many qualified female comedians who can fill the spot. Mm-hmm. Or you could build someone up. You could give them a safe space where they can become that. Because, yeah. I mean, it's hard to become really good at something when you're in a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's the same for like corporations too. Like, if you work corporate, it, that's often a boy party as well. Yeah. You know? Like, if someone is making space at the table for someone who is qualified and often left out, maybe let's not shit on them. Maybe let's say, hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <sighs> I think that's, I think I said what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I, wor- I work, okay? I work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this is what it is. This was my response to someone else saying something. Yeah. And it's... Uh, yeah, I don't think there was a tone of, like... I get... It wasn't, like, malice or anything in your heart saying yeah. that shit, but... It's yeah. just... It just... That's what it is. And <laughs> I'm we, mad about it. Yeah, and we're... And I think, too, like, this is something I had to learn in grad school is, like, you have to to reframe yourself when you're having a conversation that's, like, zoomed out. Like, I'm talking about in general. I'm not talking about someone specific. I'm not talking about, like, individually, specifically me, myself. I'm not individually talking about specifically you. I'm talking about the system. Mm-hmm. Like, zoom it out, brother. I'm talking about the whole industry. Mm-hmm. It's It's... A lot of people's fault, but it's not like one person individually that I'm like coming for or criticizing. It's the system. Yeah. And so sometimes people struggle to separate those in a conversation. So when you hear me say something, you think like, oh, but me specifically. I'm like, I'm not talking about you. (laughs) I'm talking about the system. I'm not even talking about myself. But what about, but what about? Yeah. Yeah. No, but like I, I do a lot of shows and I love the chance, like every chance I get to do a show, I'm, I'm in, uh, so long as my life isn't falling apart, you know? <laughs> Speaking of, should we promote our shows that we have coming up? Let's do it. Oh, wait, but first got to figure out who hurt this man. Oh, um, parents. His parents, for sure. For sure. Yeah, who else? Uh, well, he probably got dumped by someone. Yeah. Who was funnier than at, him. At least one specific ex that, yeah, was probably funnier than him. Um, yeah. But he'll still claim responsibility for her sense of humor. Um, yeah, sounds about right. And uh, maybe society in general, because we 
it kind of not not we, but like society kind of rewards uh <clears throat> males being funny alpha bro dudes. Um the classic good looking uh funny holds conversation well all that stuff. Um I don't know, I'm kind of just rambling now, but... Thank you for doing that so I could reset the camera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Society, parents, specific ex. Maybe more than one specific ex. Maybe he, uh, because of who he is as a person, hasn't been able to hold a relationship. <laughs> and he blames it on everyone else but himself. Yeah, but he's funny because of, cause of evolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. Anyways, um, shows. What do you got coming up? Uh, tonight we got the dope show. Mm-hmm. It's it'll be yesterday if yep. you listen. Whatever. Um, let's see. What? Uh, I don't have my phone on me, but I know uh, November thirtieth. It's a Thursday at Super Funny Comedy Club. We got Pacific Islander Night. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a repeat lineup of last month, but we'll. It'll be a different show just because it's a different night. Um, and I got some. Stuff left in the tank that I didn't do last time, so come on out. Uh, That's right. If you are Islander, also if you're not Islander and you don't hate Islander people, come out for that. Get some lumpia, get some masubis. They got yeah, great. It's, Claudette goes all out. Yeah, shout out to Claudette Mano. Uh, uh, but that's my auntie. Um, Nina. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those shows are very fun, though. I highly recommend. As a non-Islander person, I highly recommend going. Um, yeah. It's get you some so culture, fun. some some history on on the different cultures and uh here a good authentic chihu yeah <laughs> and it's it's just always such a fun time like islanders know how to how to party and have a good time that's right you know what we should have nunu on yeah we should have nunu on nunu has the best chihu <laughs> i've ever heard of it it's like it the earth shakes it's it gives me chills yeah. get in touch with their with the ancestors yeah yeah um and you then, also have um December 7th. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, December 7th, uh, I will be featuring at Bob's Comedy Jive. Um, it's at Bob's Java Jive, the, the big teapot in in Tacoma. I will be featuring at that open mic. Uh, it'll be a good time. I haven't, I haven't been there in so long. I know. Um, Last time I was there was the day before my mom died. <sighs> Oof. Yeah. Um, damn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I just remember, yeah, I just, I, I came home and then I got the call, like, come get Tori. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> I have, um, I'm opening for Monica Nevy this afternoon in about an hour. I gotta get down to the club. Um, I'm featuring for Monica Nevy for a, a fundraiser charity event, so that'll be fun. And then, um, dope show tonight in Bremerton. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'm on Roastomania at Six and Proctor, uh, Tacoma Comedy Club. I'm roasting Tony Peters, and I'm gonna make him cry. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. I haven't started writing for it yet, but I will do it tomorrow. I yeah, and I will be happy to help. Fabulous. We love a little Tony slander. Um, <laughs> and then next week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I am in Portland, Oregon, uh, as a part of the Haha ha Harvest Comedy Festival. We will be having a teacher show on Saturday. On Friday, I'm doing. Um, 
some other show, and then on Sunday I'm doing a, a different show. So uh, if you're interested in my specific schedule for the festival, if you plan on being there, uh, just shoot me a DM, and um, I'll be happy to look at the Google Doc and tell you more specifics. But I know, Saturday, show bar, teacher show, part of the Ha Ha Harvest Festival. And I will be down there too, but I will be dadding it up, because yes. we're bringing the kid. We're bringing the kid. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, we got we to gotta work out some... Uh, logistics there but it, it's right. gonna be super fun um and then i have a couple weeks off after that which i'm very yeah. excited about um and by that i mean one week off <laughs> <laughs> december 9th i have a, a dope show in north bend and then Are we both on that one or just you i think just me on oh. that one i'll double check what tyler sent me but um and then after that after the ninth i have another break until the new year so um i I'm happy to take a break, but if you need me on a comedy show, if you need to book a woman <laughs> to appease <laughs> the people, hit me up because uh, I got if some you, availability. If you need a brown man who sometimes gets mistaken for a woman from behind, you got this guy. <laughs> um, let's let's close her up. Let's let's close up shop. Let's put a little bow on it. You go. You go first this time. The the letter thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, first word. It comes to mind that starts with the letter P. Okay. One, two, three, pussy. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, poop and pussy. That is okay. very unfortunate. That is quite the combo. <laughs> okay. Uh, one, two. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. Okay. Poop and pussy. One. It's still just one word, right? Yeah. Okay. One, one two, two, three, three perineum. <laughs> Oh, gross. <laughs> Wet and perineum. <laughs> it's not natural. Okay. Wet and perineum. One, two, three. Toilet. <laughs> Sweat and toilet. One, two, three. Three. Poop. Wet. Wet and poop. One, two, three. three diarrhea. diarrhea. <laughs> okay, we did it. Uh, this That was so gross. It got so gross so fast. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. We love you so much. Tell your friends about the podcast. Um, it's a it's a grand old time. We have fun here. Love you so much. Thank you. Love you. Mm-hmm.